0: Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network.
1: Hello, welcome to the show. This is the STL Soccer Report, and it's brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. Thank you for joining me today, and uh, I'm not going to say much. All it is is all it is. (laughs) I'm really excited actually to talk to Jeremy Allenbaugh. It's like a mid-season check-in and we cover a lot, a lot. And I had more on the agenda and I just kind of skipped to the end there at the end. So um, yeah, uh, we talk about as much as I could fit in. I nerded out on a couple things that I just really wanted to talk about. So I hope you enjoy this interview with Jeremy Allenbaugh. Alright, we are at uh, the headquarters here for St. Louis FC. I'm in uh, Jeremy uh office. I assume this is yours? Yes, yes. It is. We
0: didn't sneak in. <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Um, so, yeah, Jeremy, thanks for joining me today. Um, I'm really excited to do like a mid-season check-in with you about, about the team. We haven't talked since pre-season, and I have a long list of things to uh, dig into. I'll try to get through them quickly, but let's just jump right in. Can you just tell us about an overview of the season so far?
0: You know, uh, it's a difficult one to maybe put into words because it's been a little bit of a weird season, you know. Um, you know, I think we've done a lot of good things. I think you have to point at, for me, the, let's just start with the disappointments. So the disappointments would be, um, uh, you know, the Fresno and Portland home games. You know, I felt we were by far the better team and created a lot more chances. And those were ties and they should have been wins. Um, the RGV game at home, I can't say it's disappointing because I just think you know we were exhausted and every every league in this country you can point to a handful of games that are just blah every year it happens at MLS it happens you know at USL where it's just one of those games that just sits there and that was a game that sat there so. Mm-hmm doesn't mean that i liked it but you know i think that for me the two big disappointments were those two and then the vegas game i just felt we were i was at that game we were flat we didn't have the energy required to to play the way we want to play um and no excuses so for me those three those three games kind of stick out other than that um you know I, i think we've we've been okay and we've you know we've shown some good signs coming back on the road in kansas city at sacramento um, playing a really good game, but losing to um, uh, to the Monarchs at home. You know uh, the Phoenix game. We were off a little bit, but I I think Phoenix has more talent than anybody in the Western Conference. Um, you know, there's other teams that are putting together more results. You know, Reno and uh, and some of those guys. So. You know, it's a, it's a 50-50 season so far, I guess. You know, I think we've done some really good things. And then, like I said, there's been a few just disappointments. Um, but we're at the halfway point where uh, we feel that we are making progress. And we're we're taking some steps forward in some different ways. So really looking forward to the second half of the season um, and kind of seeing what we can do here.
1: Indeed. Uh, I guess the partnership with Poulos this year has been some, one that's been very good, it sounds like. Yeah, from uh,
0: for the club standpoint, from top to bottom, I mean, so tonight we have our, our Living Legacy Banquet, um, where we uh, award scholarships to players in, in the youth club and the academy uh, through our Living Legacy Foundation, which uh, is a way that we honor um, influential people within the club, family members, former players, administrators, um, this is where families set up... Uh, uh, scholarships uh, to help the memory of their loved ones carry on through the club, and he's going to be there tonight, and he's going to talk. And um, so I think he's had a great influence. Working with him has been fantastic. Um, he is younger than me, which makes me uh, the reason that I bring that up is uh, he likes to message and text a lot and instead of talking on the phone. We, we're working on that, and I kid, um, but no, it's good. It's a it's a really good. There's a process, and I think everybody, um, like I said, maybe the, other than a game or two, you can see us progressing from game to game, and um, that's great. But now, in, and now it's time to get results in the second half of the season. So,
1: indeed, and that, and that's what matters. I wonder if you know getting halfway through the season, you won't know until the season's over. To be honest, and people need to remember it's only halfway. But um, at this point, um, choosing a shorter roster, you know, mm-hmm. almost similar to uh, Louisville City. Um, do you feel like that's that's kind of been something you may not try in the future or wait and see? Or how do you feel about that now?
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, the roster is smaller than we would have even have liked. You okay. know, we were too short. We wanted 23. We ended up at 21. Uh, simply not budgetary, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Simply just where we ended at. And that's kind of what we... Um, You know, we had some loans and some different things that we thought were going to come to fruition. They didn't. Um, So we're not going to know that answer until the end of the season. We're constantly evaluating it. I'd be a liar if we haven't had talks about it. Um, But uh, I think in a lot of ways it's it's worked out really, really well. Um, In some other ways it hasn't. Um, As far as the tightness of the group, uh, the way the group gets along, the way they work, the way that they um, have really bonded uh, as a family uh, has really... Um, has really been a benefit of that, being able to bring in some guys and take some looks at some trialists and some different things has been another benefit of it. But obviously, some of the wear and tear on bodies, um, you know, has been has been tough that way. But uh, we're going to evaluate it. I still, my guess is next year, you know, instead of being at twenty one, we'll be at twenty three. Um, and, you know, at the end of the year, we'll decide if we need to maybe look to go a player or two higher. But the landscape's going to change. The Division Three league coming in, the Canadian league coming in, yeah. are, is going to influence uh, player uh, recruitment and selection. So we'll evaluate it. But um, we will not be going, you know, 27, 20, 29, 30 like we have done in the past. We're going to, you know, Anthony really wants to stay around that 23. And does that sneak up to 25? Perhaps. But we'll we'll look at it and see.
1: Yeah, and, um, you know, there was a change at Orlando City, and I only say that because almost every one of our loanies have been from Orlando City B in some form or fashion in the past, uh, including uh, the ones that just got pulled up, so... um, would O'Connor moving there uh, improve the chances of that sort of situation <laughs> happening, I guess?
0: Uh, you know, keep your enemies close or whatever that thing goes, I guess. <laughs> no. Um, so let's go back to the beginning of the season. So we had uh, Edward in from uh, Columbus, Columbus, and we were kind of hoping that was going to go longer. He he made the decision that he felt his best opportunity to crack into the Columbus lineup was to stay in Columbus, so it wasn't anything negative with the club or the setup or anything like that. Uh, He just kind of came to that, um, you know, thinking on his own. So we were hoping that one was going to be a little bit longer. Uh, We had Cam Lindley and Pierre uh, come in um, for the Colorado game. We knew that was going to be a short one for those guys And then Tony Rocha stepped in when we really needed a center midfielder because we didn't have anyone, and that was a great fit. Now Tony's in the 18 for them, so he's kind of progressed. Um, Pierre coming back the second time uh, absolutely is uh, an opportunity for him to play and get some minutes, and you know the staff at Orlando wanted him to go out and and, and get some games. Um, And because at this point in the season, the last thing you want to do is kind of start from fresh. You know, he knows the club. He knows the guys. He's played for us. He's trained with us for a week. He knows Anthony, so that one made a lot of sense. And positionally, he really helps us in the in the wide attacking spot. So um, we're hopeful that that one can uh, can turn into him being here for you know for a little while.
1: Wide attacking because he played uh, centrally last time. Correct. Yeah, he played uh, wide left. Um, oh, did? Okay. Yeah,
0: out there, and he'll you know he's most comfortable. Um, you know, he was left-footed, uh, ah. but he can he can knife in on the right side, and he can play out wide left as well. So he's versatile. He could play centrally, but um, you know his his most uh, I think his best spot is
1: is in the wide spots. I think I confused him with Roca. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, but speaking of bringing him in, uh, let's talk about injuries. This season have been pretty tough. Um, we've talked about in the past how. It worked for Louisville City last year perfectly because they didn't have a ton of injuries. They got mm-hmm. very, very lucky, and we've been very, very unlucky this season. And so, kind of want to hear about Marts and, and the other injuries that we've had to deal with this year.
0: Yeah, Austin is making a full recovery. Um, you know, we're continuing to try to keep him in check, so to speak, to make sure he's progressing at the at the correct pace and not um, doing too much. I know it's, he's in a hurry. Yeah, he's in a hurry, <laughs> and we are too, and I think the fans are. Um, so that one was tough uh, to swallow. Um, you know, then we had Wall and Tony. Uh, just you know, Wall was a non-contact injury the day before a game, rolled his ankle. Uh, Tony is a calf was a calf, uh, you know, muscle tear, which you know you hear about hamstrings and, and different things, but you never hear of a calf thing. So that was just that was really strange. And then Corey, you know, rolled his ankle again in a non-contact situation, went to turn and smack a ball on, on net and went there. Um, You know, and then from that, we've had other little small things. So, you know, we had, you know, Kyle and and Albert out for a game or two. Barden uh, is working his way back. Kadim separates his shoulder, finishes the game. He should be back in a week. Um, So we're really getting a lot of guys back. Barden is running, so that's a good sign. So we're getting close. So you always know you're going to have a couple of injuries. It just seems like, you know, that we've just had, you know, a couple of strange ones and And then the small roster, uh, you know, definitely put some wear and tear on some guys. And, you know, that's something that we've addressed and and learned from and and we'll deal with uh, moving forward here. But we feel, knock on wood, we're almost over the hump uh, with a lot of these.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, We brought in Michael Cox the other day. Um, Tell me a little bit about him and what's going on there, too.
0: Yeah, so Michael is a, again uh, a player that Anthony had in Orlando for two years. We tried to sign him in the offseason. Oh. He chose uh, Nashville as an opportunity instead. Um, started for them first couple games. They brought in Brandon Allen, and he just kind of fell out of favor, which happens. And um, so we were able to, to get a trade there, traded an international roster spot um, for his, for his rights. And then he came in, he's going through some medical testing and our medical team has, uh, has, you know, decided that he needs to get some further testing. So we've been working through that this week. Hopefully we'll have it, uh, taken care of here soon. So, you know, the player, um, can kind of continue to move forward and team can move forward. Hopefully together, uh, we'll, we'll find out, but, um, as far as a player, um, the fact that he played for Anthony, again, midway through the year, he was going to come in and be very comfortable um, with something to prove, yeah. you know, after not getting the minutes in Nashville that he thought he was going to get. So he was going to come in, knows Anthony, knows the system, knows how we do uh, do things, and, and that's important. Um, and it's not a safety decision. It wasn't that... Um, You know, it wasn't that Anthony, we want to be cautious or we want to be cautious and bring in somebody in that he knows, but it was more of, okay, um, this is going to allow this player to hit the ground running. So when you look at mid-year additions, you know, it's important that they can, either they're familiar with the league or they're familiar with their coaching staff or or, or it's just the right fit for them and they can hit the ground running. So, um, and this one really was going to, you know, hopefully does help us positionally as well with some size, some power, some strength. Um, And he's a guy in the USL has scored a goal every three games that he's played. Um, so he was going to bring something to us, and, and hopefully uh, he still can.
1: Yeah, I guess I was going to ask what you guys have seen in him because um, you know obviously he had a, a rough season in Nashville, and then Brandon Allen came in and scored some goals immediately, and so we all thought, well, that guy probably wasn't very good. Uh, almost the same for the, the British international that they brought into. Um, uh, but then it seems like he's... The new guy's getting a little cold now, and so maybe it's Nashville. What is it that you think you can? he can do better here versus there? I know systems can so, change. Yeah, we're playing more with two up front,
0: yeah. and Nashville has been playing a lot with one up front from the video that we've seen. Um, so there's just more minutes to go around, um, honestly, and then he you know, he fits us a little bit. Um, like I said, we tried to sign him in the offseason yeah. coming out of Orlando as a free agent, It just didn't work out, so um, we just feel that he has a work rate. He has the honesty that you see from Corey DeQua and Kyle, so he fits that. But he brings more size, um, and he brings some different things than those guys. So it was a, you know, he's another good fit um, for our for our attacking core.
1: Cool. Um, let's talk about that international slot. Um, sending uh, Valesky over to OKC. We got a slot. I think people had kind of high expectations for that. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, I think um, because this is the first year in the league where you can trade and sell and and move roster spots. And you know, we moved one to to Cincinnati for financial considerations earlier in the year. We moved one to Tulsa with Ivan um, as part of that. So it really has opened up opportunities and and things in the league so I think you know I think it's a new thing for fans and and clubs as well but I think when people saw that you know we move uh, move Christian there for that 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 was automatically no we were just acquiring it because it was it had value it had value and then you see we traded one for Michael Cox there that doesn't mean that we haven't been looking in the international market Um, something came across our desk today from a An agent that um has helped connect us with some really good players that we've signed in the past um and it's a wide midfielder and we're taking some hard looks to see if he can uh can come here and join us and we got another guy coming up um the week we get back from reno an international uh central american player um that's going to come in and trial for a week so it's an ongoing process it isn't um it isn't one at this level that you know, you you don't necessarily make that move and have somebody locked up. We have two open spots, so um, we we have some flexibility there. But it was just it was a way for us to um, you know to get something. You know, you don't want to let a player go like yeah. Christian, you know, for nothing. So we were able to uh, to pick up some value there and move some things. So and then they restart uh, next year, so you know we'll get seven spots back at the beginning of 2019. So it's a market that we're always looking at like i said we've got a, a few things in the fire and we'll see if any of them if any of them
1: happen very cool so it's fair to say uh, it's not over there are still more possibilities yeah
0: there's still possibilities Just good look at uh at this you know anything during the season from an international standpoint really has to kind of um sync up and and yeah. come together um you know but it doesn't mean that we wouldn't do something now with one eye on 18 and then, you know, both eyes on 19 with that player. So
1: That's what I was just thinking, yeah. you know. Especially international players, sometimes it takes a longer time to, to get acclimated. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's talk, oh, you mentioned Ivan for a second, so let's just cover real quick the, the rain out with Tulsa. Ivan posted that picture, and, and apparently he wasn't too happy with how it happened. Um, but everything points to it being better for St. Louis just to, Push it off. What what is the alternative there? Even have it the next morning or something?
0: No. So we did not have uh, stadium availability uh, okay. on, on Sunday. You know, obviously, it's St. Louis FC isn't the only you know thing that occurs here. So, um, you know, we we looked at the radar that night once because we were delayed in the in the warm up, and then once the game got delayed, we looked at it and it didn't look positive. Um, but you know, the other parties involved said, "Hey, can we wait and wait and wait and." You know, we just kept looking at the radar, and it wasn't going to get better. Yeah. Um, so the decision was made to um, to move it, postpone it. And look, we would have, as Anthony said today in his in his comments in the press release uh, regarding the O.C. game tomorrow, we would have loved to play last Saturday, and players would have because they like to be in a rhythm. They I don't know. like to have that. Um, that week off, you know, everybody thinks they do. All oh, they get the rest and they get this, and that's not the case. They like being in rhythm. They want to know that they play Saturday, Sunday, they recover, Monday they're off, and then you know they go the rest of the week. Um, so yeah, I guess I didn't see it, but I guess I was disappointed. But you know, whatever, it's uh, mother nature, and it's uh, we we didn't control it, and we wanted to get that taste of that Vegas game out of our mouth. Uh, to be honest, so you know, it's it's still lingering a little bit yeah. going into the OC game. It would have been great to get that. Uh, out of the way against uh, against Tulsa, and then move on from there. But so it wasn't ideal for anyone, mm-hmm. for them, for us, for the fans. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, it is it is what it is. I guess.
1: Speaking of ideal for fans and uh, myself personally, um, Aiden's on his way out, and uh, I was holding my breath. I said today that. I was really hoping he'd uh, maybe change his mind last minute for selfish reasons, of course, only. Um, So, um, but yeah, this, this sounds like this will be his last game with, with the team before he heads off to Duke. So can you Mm -hmm. tell me more about that?
0: Yeah. So he'll, uh, he'll finish up with us uh, here, you know, uh, on Saturday and then he'll, uh, he's got a little bit of time off next week and then he'll head to Duke at the end of next week, Mm -hmm. um, go there and begin the process with them. And, um, you know he's done well he's he's you know uh he's racked the most minutes of any academy contract player in the league hmm. and that's something to be said for a player on an, on an independent team you know you would expect nope you would expect an mls 2 team to have a player with more minutes than him and so far nobody has so he's had to earn it you know and look those kids at the mls 2 teams earn it as well but there's another there's a development piece there as well for us it's about you know competing and winning games and uh he came in and, and and won the job and did well so uh excited to watch him you know the next steps uh he was just in with the 20s for a couple of days and um he's uh came back yesterday so he played in the scrimmage on wednesday out there against north carolina fc with the u20s and got some good feedback uh, from some different people that were out there watching him we'll see what uh what happens for him at duke and then what his next steps are and um, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting one to track as a club and as fans and, and everyone to see how he does. But uh, you know, and I give him so much credit, um, you know, this has obviously been his strongest year, which you would expect, right? But you well, a, a would expect this kind of a yeah. flick.
1: I mean he turned it on this year, for yeah. goodness sake. Yeah, he played
0: well. But a lot of a lot of players after maybe not getting uh, that opportunity and that taste as much as they either uh, wanted or thought they deserved, would have packed up their bags and gone for quote unquote greener pastures, sure. or you know, would have pointed fingers and look, he just he just worked and made improvements, and um, you know, a lot of people have have helped him along the way, and um, but the biggest thing is he's helped himself. So, yeah. um, looking forward to seeing you know his next steps.
1: His story of how he got into the academy is is hilarious, and that's a lot of that was hard work, especially, of course. But, um, interesting, you know, obviously, you're going to keep watching him, like you said. And does it worry you sending him off to Duke where he gets a lot less playing time? And maybe he'll get called in a lot, like Josh Sargent was. That would be ideal, right? But is that something where maybe you'll get him back in a year or two or three or four, and you're worried about his talent level?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's a worry because I think he's going to, you know, he's going to play in the best amateur league in the world. You can say what you want, but NCAA. Division one soccer for all of its faults and all of its things that aren't that isn't good um, he's going to have great facilities he's going to have great competition they're going to travel uh, at a very you know professional level um, the problem is that window is only for three months right. and then it changes so um, but he's going to go there and he look Aiden's a smart person a smart player and he's got good people surrounding him he's going to go there and then figure out the, you know the next steps as they come and whether that's four years at Duke, whether that's one year at Duke, whether that's opportunities present themselves for him to move on. But um, as we do with all of our academy guys, we'll track him. Uh, we'll have uh, weekly reports on his progress there. Going to go watch him play in person at least twice that we know of, once in Louisville when they come to play uh, an ACC game there uh, this fall, on September 9th, I believe it is. And then we'll go out for you know probably about four or five different uh, games in that area um, to watch some different guys that we're scouting for next year and stuff. So we'll track him. He's one of ours until he isn't. Right. And, um, you know, we, we've done that with others in the past, and, and now we get a chance to do it with him. And uh, same thing with Jack um, over in Indiana. Oh, yeah. And then same thing with Seth and Mateo at SLU. A little easier on them because they're just right down the street. We can go watch them train and everything. But um, it's our it's our job and to, to, you know, track these guys and see how they're doing. So, you know, excited for all of them.
1: Um, I might overplay this too, but part of me worries too is is when he does have the chance to come back, if he is super talented or is in the MLS draft, like, or even if he's not, maybe especially if he's not. He might have that opportunity to get a pro contract with Swope Rangers who have sport in Kansas City right above them, which obviously that worked out for, for Um, Not because he was stolen, but because it worked out for him uh, personally. But is that something like... You worry about like USL clubs having to maybe protect themselves against that possibility or not well, really. I mean, once he go, I mean, once he goes to, to
0: college, he can't. Um, you know, he could sign. the The different options are is he could sign. With any USL team, that's um, what I mean. Is you know, this, I
1: guess it's a just a competition thing between mm-hmm. you and, and Sporting Kansas City in general. I guess it's yeah. The well, they thing. don't they
0: don't have any rights to him. So if he was right. going, this is where this is where
1: oh they don't have rights, no. even though he's in Missouri. No.
0: So once he goes to college, he would either have to go into the draft or he would have to because he's never played for him. So he can't be oh, okay. a homegrown player. Um, or he would have to you know go as a generation Adidas signing. Early and then still go into the draft. So um, you know they don't just because he lives in St. You know lives in St. Louis. He's never played for their club, so cool. um, he's not under them. But look, he could go in the draft and get picked up by anyone in MLS, or he could decide after two years that he wants to you know pursue something in Europe. Um, you know, and that's where that's where the flexibility of being an academy player in a USL club can really be helpful for for some kids. Um, whereas you know, let's just say let's say he had gone to Seattle was one of the teams that was recruiting him. Let's say he had gone to their academy and let's say they have, you know, three really good left backs in front of him. Well, he's kind of landlocked and he's kind of stuck there. Um, unless they would let him go, um, and not claim him as a homegrown. So, you know, it's, it's a, as a player, you have to kind of look down the road and, and look at those things. But, you know, he now has a lot of good opportunities and, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully we're a
1: part of, of that. I hope so too. Um, uh, let's talk about the academy some more. Um, can you talk about Jack Lynn? Is a forward, um, which I didn't read the uh, the article closely enough. I just thought he was going to be a left back, at eight and out and bringing a left back in, but he's right. a forward. So tell me more about Jack.
0: Yeah, no, Jack is a is a guy that Anthony and the staff really liked during the spring with the academy. Um, you know, big body, good frame, uh, scored a lot of goals uh, in the academy playoff uh, push that the 19s did. And going to Notre Dame, so another good you know soccer program, uh, and um, you know was it was a really good player. He was just a little inc- inconsistent, and he you know wasn't as steady um, as uh, you know as you would like for someone to make that jump from the academy to the first team. So you know he never really got an opportunity, and then you know we watched him some more through the playoffs and, and really did well. And then, so we, you know, brought him in to train for a couple of days. And, um, to be honest, he, he, he's had, he had two really good weeks with us and really, you know, it just goes to show that you never know what a player can look like when they get in a different environment. And, um, you know, he got in and, um, made the most of it. So, you know, we signed him. He's, he's at Notre Dame this week at their camp and then he'll come back next week for another week of training and, you know, his job is to see if he can crack into the 18 uh, for the Reno trip next week. But he did really, really well. So, um, you know, it's something that uh, that we'll continue to learn from as a staff. You know, maybe if a guy is doing well in the academy but maybe isn't showing the consistency that you would like, mm-hmm. you bring him in and see. But it has to be calculated because the last thing you want to do is bring someone in um, that's done well in the academy but you're not sure and they come in and they they sink. And then that, you know, kind of gets – in their head a little bit, so you have to kind of. So I think for Jack, the right time was this summer, um, and, and he, he did well. So another guy that will, you know, we'll be able to track and see how he does and you know, uh, keep tabs on him and, and see how he progresses.
1: I imagine that's hard to jungle on top of that because, like you said earlier, it's an independent club. You can't just throw a million academy kids in there and just let them get the experience and not worry about wins. Um, uh, is it hard to, to handle the pipeline because we are so lucky to have you know Gallagher and, and the academy that we have here um and so you know how many you know do you think it'd be hard to get one in every year or two in every year or get them training in like Aiden was has been here for three years and was that a special case can we see that in the future it's a good question
0: you know um part of our player uh development plan and part of our roster planning for the first team um we have earmarked three academy kids every year, um, you know, and and they have to be able to to play and compete as you know these these this last group did. You know they were those guys were able to to get in there and, and be for real, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so we have another group that'll that'll start up with us. Um, a couple of them have been in and out of training this summer. We wanted to give them a break after the playoffs, give them some time off, let them be a kid and go on vacation and yeah. study for the ACTs and whatever else, you know, you're, you're supposed to do when you're 16, 17. Um, but there is another, another group that will start training full-time with us here in August, um, and then we anticipate those guys, if they – stay in the path they're on to progress into preseason with us and, and be part of that 23-man roster. So it's part of our plan. Um, your question, is it difficult? It's dif- It's difficult in some ways um, just to try to manage expectations and um, a true understanding but it just comes to education and you know and, and being honest with players and families and say you know look here's the reality of it um, and I, I I may have said this before to you or somebody else but you know when Aiden came back from a national team camp maybe a year or two ago and, and we sat down and just talked and he said look you know when, when I play for St. Louis FC it's because I've earned it not because I needed to get minutes as part of my development plan mm-hmm. and he said and, and I feel different when i go into a national team camp knowing that some of these other guys are on usl contracts as pros or mls guys and you know and they're getting minutes because they kind of have to and i get it because i've earned it and so that came from his mouth you know directly there so it, it just so it is different here um and that's not to take anything away from because there's some really good academy kids playing in the usl right now and doing well is it, uh, as well there but um so you're just trying to manage expectations be transparent you know, have good conversations with players and families anthony myself and blake meet every two weeks cool. to talk about just how guys are doing talk about some things in general talk about the next group um, our video system now that we have every all the assistant coaches in the first team have access to watch uh clips from the academy game so if Jack trains with us all week and he goes and plays at the Academy and they're on the road, we can log in on, on Tuesday and, and watch his game and then That's give cool. Jack feedback. So, um, it's becoming more and more professionalized. Um, but it's becoming more and more difficult because, you know, our, a lot of our guys have done well, you know, Sergeant and, you know, Kuzan and different guys. So now they're being sought out and, yeah. um, it's just, it's a battle, but it's no different than anywhere else in the world.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about solidarity payments another <laughs> time. Um, um, I right so yeah I talked to Blake about a lot of things a few a few, two episodes ago basically and so um, one thing I didn't get to talk to him about was the new coach hire of Luis Swish, Swisher um, and he Brought that up as part of our, you know, me asking about the diversity of the club and how they can try, how you guys can try to make that better and find some of the low-income kids, perhaps that have talent that are getting looked over. Um, and you mentioned Luis being a part of that improving, perhaps. Uh, can you talk about that?
0: Yeah, no, we're we're really excited about Luis. I mean, we um, he started this week. We went out to dinner last night with the first-team staff and and Blake and Luis from the academy and, and Pat Barry and. Man, we got first of all we got a really really good person, and then we got a really good coach. Um, he's excited to be here. Um, you know, he understands the pathway of a player into the first team. You know, with his experience um, and the different places that he's played in the past that he's been on, um, he's a you know he's a junkie of the game. He's a student of the game. Um, he's passionate, um, and, and he helps bring a different perspective to our staff. So we've had a lot of academy meetings this week on Tuesday, Thursday, and it's been really good to see that. You know, take some different steps, and Luis is a big part of it. So, um, and you know, we've got some other guys doing some really good work to continue to help get the game into different parts of the city. Uh, Ken Godat oversees our Upper 90 project um, and uh, does a, a lot of things. You know, in different uh, different parts of the city, just to help bring the game to different kids, and um, so we're we're working hard on that. It is it is it's uh, not a an easy task because there's a lot of pieces that go into it. Um, but I, we think Luis is a, another piece that can hopefully continue to to open some doors for some you know some players to to have some opportunities. Um, it's something that that you know we're you know pretty pretty adamant about trying to continue to to you know figure out some things and we've made some progress for sure yeah. um but there's there's you know throughout this country there's just untapped opportunities and for for players that uh you know that we as a as a soccer nation and you know we we've got some work to do and hopefully louise can you know can help us do that
1: sounds great um i wanted to talk about the post-dispatch story that 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 dropped this morning um Kind of saying how we think going off on the St. Louis as being a soccer city and how uh, perhaps we're not as, as good as we think we are. Um, it's spouted it's like World Cup numbers as far as being like ranked 38th in the country and watching the World Cup. That one kind of got to me a little bit and, uh, you know, a lot of different things. And so I thought I'd talk, chat to you about that. Do you feel like we do over – we overinflate the um, – the thought of being a soccer city.
0: So this is why I'm not on Twitter.
1: Right. <laughs> this is why,
0: because I would have ranted this morning and I probably <laughs> got my uh, my rear end in trouble. <laughs> my question is: the guy that wrote the article, whatever his name is, right? Has he been to a St. Louis FC game? Right. Has he been to a uh, St. Louis Lions game? Does he know Fire and Ice won the WPSL last year? Has he ever been to the Amsterdam at seven o'clock in the morning to uh, to watch the Passion? of the premier league uh fans that go down there um as he you know i can go on and on and on so um to say st louis is not a soccer town um st louis is not an mls town currently that's let's just be honest that's the truth there and if you define soccer as mls then no we're not a soccer town but if you define uh have uh I tried to go watch the Champions League final at the Amsterdam and couldn't, had to go to Southtown Pub because I went and ate with a buddy and we got there too late and it was wrapped around. There was no way I was going to stay in line and miss Liverpool playing. So we went back to Southtown Pub and watched the game and there were 50 people there that were there just to watch the game. So, um and like I said, we can go on and on about these things, but we're not an MLS town. I do think we're a soccer town. Um, you know, I, you go down to St. Mary's and, and watch St. Louis uh, Club Atletico play. Right. I got to see them play Wichita this year, doing some scouting and, and looking at some guys. It, it's here. The game is here, and it's strong, and uh, it's, it's going really, really well. Is it to the level that we would all like it to be um, in terms of this stadium being sold out every game, um, in terms of – Um, more attention to some of the other, you know, soccer pieces that are here. Um, you know, no. And, but, uh, you know, I just, you know, define a soccer town and then, and then tell me we're not one, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be, that would be my thing. Are we the, the quote unquote capital or whatever? I think we've come to realize that maybe we were America's first soccer capital Mm -hmm. and, and we're not it now, but, um, it's hard to argue with like a Portland. I mean, look what they do for the women's team thirteen thousand average, and obviously the Timbers, um, you know. So that's a pretty good soccer town there, um, you know. But I just don't, I don't buy it, you know. And then we were talking beforehand what were we, what you say we were thirty eighth in the yeah, and but in two thousand fourteen we were forty something, forty fifth something like that. So yeah. we've gotten better, but we're not a soccer town.
1: Yeah,
0: come on, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and that was, you know, they were basing that all on just attendance numbers alone and, and didn't mention Josh Sargent and all the talent, like you were, you were saying. And um, one thing, though, that I will maybe agree with is that, like you said, we're not the capital of the world. I think we, we still kind of think we are of the country. And um, I guess part of what I wanted to bring up to you was, and ask you about was, is it part of it being an uphill battle being where we are. He also, of course, and this is another thing, is how much of a soccer, St. Louis soccer guy is this guy, call this minor league soccer, of course. You know what I mean? It's like the sign that they, I automatically kind of don't trust what you're going to say. But but is it maybe pointing out some of the challenges you guys are facing in making this better than 5,000 attendance and, and so on?
0: Yeah, I would say two things. One, uh, I'm going to try to remember the first comment that you said in terms of I just lost my train of thought, so I apologize. <laughs> um, it's Friday; that happens. Yeah, no um, in terms of, I think there there's a group, there is probably a uh, a, a population that still feels that St. Louis is the, is the soccer capital, but those people in any city probably wouldn't be supporting professional soccer. If you look around at uh, at teams that are supporting professional soccer, and look, I think St. Louis is supporting St. Louis FC. I'm 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 happy. You know, I'm I'm not over the moon, you know, but I'm I'm really appreciative, and I think we have a really good support level and um, in a lot of different ways, which you know, maybe we'll get into. Um, but the people that probably think St. Louis is a soccer capital, if they lived in Portland, probably wouldn't go to Portland games either. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just because it's people that tend to live in the past. And
1: when we only have two DPs. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah they're, so they're either people that don't understand the level. And then I think so the minor league, you know, tag, only in the U.S. do we, is that, is that term used, you know, everywhere else in the world. Yeah. It's Division Two, II, Division Three, amateur, whatever it is. Mm. Um, I went out to the Frontier League uh, baseball uh, All Star Game out at uh, O'Fallon, out uh, where the um, where the uh, O'Fallon team plays, and went out there and no offense to them, but that's minor league,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know. Um, and compared, talk about
1: the rascals, yeah.
0: Okay. Went out to the to the All Star Game, and yeah. it was fun. It was a great event. They put on a nice show, and mm-hmm. uh, Pat Barry and I went out there through one of our our partners, and um, but that's minor league. Our league has guys that played in the World Cup that are on national team rosters that are going to be on national team rosters, yeah. that's not minor league. That's, that's division two. Um, you know, and, and, you know, of course we can't move up from division two, division one, you know, cause we don't have that. But, um, so I think it is, it's a, it's a mindset. We need better, we need better media coverage. I mean, we send our, we send our highlights after every home game, um, to the, to the news channels every once in a while, something will get posted and we're appreciative when it does happen but compared to other cities, it's, it's not that, it's not that, it's not that way. But, um, you know, so I think, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of an uphill battle, but it's not a battle that we're giving up on. Um, we're putting more and more resources into it, more and more quality people into it and we've got more to do, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't want to meet that guy in a dark alley cause it probably mm-hmm. would drop him, but yeah, I'd love to have him I like, it. I'd love to have him come out to a game and, you know. It's, uh, it is what it is. Yeah,
1: and to add on to that, you know, St. Louis is no slouch in the USL. I don't know where you would rank business-wise, attendance-wise, everything um, as far as being best, worst, or whatever. We're definitely above average, I would say, in mm-hmm. most of those areas. And so um, you could almost say that as USL grows, as we grow, it's just going to get better and better and better every year. Can you talk about the league, like the USL league and its growth and its potential where do you see the league going in the next five, ten years, maybe even twenty?
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a huge question um, is where is it going. I mean, it's 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 not going to decrease in the amount of exposure that it gets, the quality of players, the quality of operations, stadiums. Um, it's going to only increase and only get better and better. Um, I feel comfortable about that because I don't think it's it's going to stop growing in terms of. Um, acceptance and, and power, so to speak. And if you look at the brands that are associated from the commercial side with teams in our league, I mean, you know, Toyota to GE to Budweiser to Enterprise, I mean, it's just all up and down the league. And then on top of that, the local commercial power um you know schlafly here with us that just you know came on board in a big way um, there's just so much there's so many stories so it's not going to go away there um i think it's at an interesting point um because i think it's going to be harder and harder um for certain markets to kind of keep up so to speak and we want to make sure that that you know, doesn't happen with us we want to make sure that we keep up and, and get above it uh, i think your assessment is correct i think we're you know i think we're Definitely above average. We'd like to consider it upper third uh, of the league in terms of where we are with with different things. Um, attendance is probably the one thing that's probably the most frustrating. Um, some of that's to be expected. Um, some of it is, you know, attendance in, in sports is uh, you know is is down in, in a lot of different areas. baseball's taking a big hit. I mean, the Cardinals are doing five dollar tickets non-stop I get those emails maybe it's just me they're targeting I don't know because <laughs> they know I'm cheap or whatever but I'm only gonna go if I get a deal but um, it's just you know it's it's a it's a it's a different it's a different time and you know look what Sacramento's gone through and, and some of those different markets but you know we we are a good market it's a good league and um, I just I don't see I don't see that changing
1: I don't either um, do you guys ever feel somewhat pigeonholed and, and it could be a chicken and egg argument too um, you know, take this with a grain of salt because this is an amazing facility we're spoiled to have this facility here but do you ever wonder if you had gone into a facility you know, if you were just a copy say FC Cincinnati who happened to get that perfect storm of everything at once it worked perfectly um, do you feel like if you did have a stadium perhaps next to SLU or other things if you had a city in the city or even in the county in the right spot um, do you feel like you would have
0: an easy go of it in that way? Easy go, no. Easier go. Uh, easier go, perhaps, for okay. sure. Um, look, there's still a stigma. When people think of the soccer park, they think of kids.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Aha. I mean, so we send out a survey after every home game to uh, single-game ticket buyers, mm-hmm. and a couple weeks ago someone said, uh, great fun atmosphere, but a $4 bottle of water was too much, especially to watch a non-pro game. And it's like, okay. Um, And it it is a pro game. Right. I can tell you, I I do the payroll. These guys get paid. um, But I just think there is a little bit of a stigma. And I love the soccer park. I love coming to work here. Um, When people come here, they're blown away by just the – on game not only game days but also during the week it's a it's a true club Mm -hmm. but yeah there's a there's a stigma that this is where kids play and um i don't buy the distance thing so much because i think people travel to bush or to enterprise to see the blues yeah um but i think that you know uh, i think there is a little bit of a stigma so if we had if we had something in another spot would it be easier um i i think i think it would be um but I don't. Uh, I don't have any proof of that, and uh, it's just something that we have to continue to work through and and figure out. But uh, you know, I absolutely think that um, you know, there's some things that we're working on and some things that we're tackling. You know, behind the scenes to to kind of look at what are our next steps to you know continue to push this thing forward. But um, you know, it's a venue that helps us in so many ways because we own it and control it. Yeah. And um, but it, it's a venue that. Um, you know it definitely it definitely presents its challenges I think in the eyes of, of a lot of people as well
1: yeah um, speaking of the business side um, can you talk about the business side and what you do because I think people think you plan the team you gather you know you do the GM duties and you don't do the business side can you tell us a little more about what you do outside of that
0: sure so you know the from the academy to the first team is obviously a big chunk of it okay. um, but then I serve on uh, you know in a, in a role that requires a lot of crossover. So, you know, uh, meeting with, the uh, with the, you know, ticket department, the sales team, the marketing team, um, leading the, uh, the entire organization meetings, uh, on a Monday, you know, where everybody recaps the weekend, whether we're in season, out of season, the upcoming week, wow. um, you know, help with the corporate partnership side. And we are so lucky. And this is where we have invested a ton in the quality of people, Uh, That are now running and leading these departments and the people working in those departments. We've staffed up uh, a lot here in in eighteen, and that was by design because the league is becoming more challenging and Uh we have things. But uh, we really have you know made some upgrades and we have some great um, Kevin Wygant corporate partnerships is one of the best in the league and we're one of the top felt that way yeah and we're one of the best performing teams in the league i mean top three and wow. what we do and and what he's able to create and he's got a great team with him now he was a one-man show for a long time <laughs> and now he's got you know a good staff um molly thomas has come in on the ticketing and marketing side and we've made a lot of uh, a lot of you know, progress there. And she's really added a, a lot there. So we've got some, some good people. So I kind of myself and Pat Berry work with all those leaders hand in hand and, and, and helping through those things and, um, just trying to, to stay on, stay on the pulse of what's going on in the league and, and everything, uh, that way. And then, uh, Pat and I represent the club at the board of governors for USL. So we're there for those meetings and we both serve on a couple of different committees for the league as well. Um, to help you know just the, the league continue to grow, so it's a great mix of business and soccer. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, you know, it, it makes it you know enjoyable when you see you know some of those things come you know come to come to play. I completely
1: really agree. Um, uh, we're hitting hit 45 minutes, so I, I'm going to just go ahead and skip to the end. I'm kind of curious about. You know, what do you plan on doing for the rest of the season and, and how it's going to go, any big plans, any, anything that you want to highlight before? Yeah,
0: we're going to continue to push hard on, on the player side and evaluate and see. You know, we've got a, the Michael Cox situation that, you know, hopefully we get uh, some finality there for everybody here soon. Um, we'll continue to monitor some of the other opportunities that are out there. Um, you know, we may, you know, it's sports. You may do something, you may not. Um, it just kind of depends. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing all the work that's gone into play and how that's gonna, gonna come out and, and help us make this push. And, um, you know, we got a really, a really good group of guys that are really working hard and really involved, you know, off the field as well. And they understand, um, what's at stake here and they've accepted and, um, have really grabbed that. So, you know, we'll just continue to, you know, to look at, you know, where we are and what do we need to change if anything, or. Or tweak or you know i looking forward to, to seeing what it brings
1: all right can't thank you enough for joining me again and no taking problem the time out and uh hopefully we'll talk at the end of the year yeah
0: yep sounds good
1: all right that's it uh hope you enjoyed that interview and i do want to say thank you to our uh, sponsor, Roughneck Scarves. It is the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Keep tuning in. I'm going to try to talk to Aiden Stanley next week, um, and I've got a lot more options on top of that. I'm going to keep trying to churn these shows out and try to stay on it as I do the USL show as well. So uh, thanks again for listening, and hopefully more to come.